everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. Today's guest is the CEO of KMM Kaiser Medical Management, whose vision is to help improve the lives of their clients and their employees. They increase productivity at the workplace by reducing sick days and keeping employees healthy year-round. Lenore is also an IFBB pro who recently competed in the Pittsburgh World Championship and the Olympia. I'd like to welcome the amazing Lenore Gregson to our show. Hey, Lenore. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Life is good. Uh, Would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe throwing a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Uh, Well, a lot of people don't know how I put myself through college. I became a professional clown. Uh, Wow. That is a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So I would literally be completely um, painted like a clown. I had a little Hershey hat. My hair was in a ponytail. I had a little star on my nose because I like I like Kiss, so I like you know, I would do the star. And my my clown name was Twinkle. <laughs> nice. That is a good one. Uh, well, I am the again the owner of Kaiser Medical Management. Uh, the company's been around for probably 29, 30 years. And uh, I started it way back when I was about two. <laughs> and and um, the reason it started was because my ex-husband was a chiropractor and he had just started his practice. And so there was three companies that created his company. One of them was South Texas Spine and Joint Institute. One was Paint Hall Management. And one was Kaiser Medical Management. So I took Kaiser Medical Management and created a corporate wellness program type of a company where really it all started was just, you know, trying to get companies to allow them to go do a lecture for their employees. And as I build um, relationships, um, it grew to them asking me, well, do you do this? And I I would always say yes, (laughs) whatever they asked me. And then I went away and tried to figure it out. And so um, I do do a health fair and I'm like, yes. And I, (laughs) What do I do? <laughs> so, and I, then I grew and learned relationships with um, with the brokers and insurance companies, and uh, with uh, other health providers that created uh, bigger uh, services from blood work to flu shots to health fairs to wellness lectures to vitamin shot clinics to corporate massage days, and the list goes on. Wow, that's amazing. That's a whole myriad of things. You know, I've actually known you since you started, Kaiser. You probably don't know this, but I I was a senior in high school, and I would work out at a Spectrum. This was 30 yeah. years ago. Spe- uh, Rackabon Fitness. Yep, yep. Now I'm aging myself. I mean, uh, a few years ago when I was getting out of high school, <laughs> <laughs> and I would see a set up there. Wait a minute. So before before Kaiser Medical Management, because I was also a fitness instructor at Rackabon Fitness, mm-hmm. 
And then I remember the only, when I met you was when you became a manager at the Gold's Gym. Oh, I knew you way before then. Well, I didn't know you. We had met oh, okay. a long time before then. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was just a kid and you were a trainer. Were you working with a guy named John Hope back then? Oof, I have no idea. I was a fitness instructor, so I would go in and teach classes uh, a few times a week. And so, yeah, and then, and then I remember you guys setting up tables and doing B12 shots and, yeah. and things like that. So and I'm that like, what's, way what's, back. what's that for? Yeah. Come here and find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I had built a relationship with them to be able to provide uh, little health fairs at their uh, all their locations. So what inspired you to start that, to get into the corporate wellness program arena? Because it sounds like you just took a thought and went with it. Well, yeah. I mean, um, you probably don't even know this, but I I was part owner of another company prior to Kaiser Medical Management and, and meeting my ex-husband. So in my 20s, I owned part of a company called Aero Hydro Systems. And that was a company that, um, have you ever heard of the Rainbow Cleaning System? I have. I okay. actually sold Rainbow vacuums for about a week wow. when I was in high school. So we probably, <laughs> we probably met then too, because, uh, I yeah, I was part of, I was the one that took care of the marketing for the one in San Antonio. But when we, when I first started with them, they only had five locations and then we grew it in five years to 25 locations in Texas. Wow. And so my job was training the marketing people how to get a yes to schedule an appointment for y'all to go out and do the demos. Those so, were fun demos. Are the, are the rainbow vacuum cleaners still around? It was a cool system cleaned by water. Yeah. I don't know how they, they market anymore because uh, it was, I mean, it was hard then, but it was by phone and nowadays, you know, I can't imagine anybody answering their phones. Yeah. That's exactly how it worked. Uh, I was, I was either 16 or 17. I would have to call a hundred people and try and schedule one demo in their house and I think I probably had four demos I sold one and then decided to sell one to my mom and kind of went from there so and then I decided it probably wasn't the best for me so I went back to being a lifeguard at Schlitterbahn <laughs> no, that looks that sounds much more fun <laughs> yeah but um I did really well with the marketing with Aero Hydro Systems and then when I uh, left that company I um pretty much was could have really done nothing just because of how I sold my, you know, I walked away from it. But I ended up doing some work for a, a gentleman named Robert Sinclair. He owned a company called uh, Sinclair Assessments, and they would send people, what do you call them? They're mystery shoppers. They would send people like to HEB and do a shop and then turn in their assessments. And uh, I managed the uh, people that took the data. I always wanted to be a secret shopper. I never got the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I did it a few times because sometimes uh, they would get somebody that were supposed to go and they didn't go. And uh, we have to meet so many requirements with like Taco Bell and Taco Cabana and HEB. And so they would send us out to go do them ourselves. <laughs> you don't seem like you would be the type to raise your hand to go to a Taco Bell or a McDonald's. <laughs> no. You're but, so you know, fit. Oh my gosh. They, but you would be amazed. They, they would uh, reimburse you for, you know, they paid you for your food and then they gave you a stipend for it. So it's like, what do you want? <laughs> so we would go out and do little runs and go to our drive-through. It was it was funny because there was some stuff that you find out 
like, you know, there was a, a rat at one of the taco cabanas and you had to report that. Oh, I would hope so. Wow. <laughs> What's in your fajita taco? It's a secret. Yeah. It tastes different, doesn't it? It even <laughs> smells different. <laughs> Heavy seasoning. Yeah, pretty much. And so Kaiser Medical Management, so they've been around for 30 years and they're a corporate wellness company. What all do you guys do? It was first originally just in San Antonio, but now we, we take care of Texas. And um, it, the reason we even got expanded was because there's companies in San Antonio that have other locations. So they would ask us, well, do you do, you know, Austin, Houston? And we would be like, yes. And then we figured it out. <laughs> we just said yes all the time. And so, uh, but we, we, we have been asked uh, for like out of state and that's when I would have to say no. But, um, you know, I started doing Kaiser Medical Management and corporate wellness even before corporate wellness was even a word because when I would go to companies and talk to them, they looked at me like I had four eyes because they were like, what, you're going to have a doctor come out and talk to my employees. They're going to have, um, and I set it up where we actually provided at that time, provided the services to them for free. Mm. It was just to get the marketing and getting the doctors there to be able to have a presence. And, uh, if they were interested in more information, they would schedule with a doctor and see them you know, at a later time. And and so you have a, a doctor that you go in, you give a presentation, you have a doctor that goes in. Do you guys uh, send out surveys to the associates to see how their living habits are, health habits or eating habits are? How do you actually gauge how you're going to help a company? We're a la carte. It's like a 30 page wellness packet that they receive that it, it covers everything that we provide. And so they kind of flip through what they're wanting. Um, and each sheet is a different service. So one of them will be, um, you know, health fairs. Another one will be wellness lectures. Another one will be biometric screens. Another one will be COVID testing. It just goes on and on. So wow. it really depends on them. And so, um, and how it started again was just starting off with wellness lectures. It's like the first time I got a, a, a chiropractor adjustment, you know, you don't know what to expect. So you're just laying there and then it happens and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so the next time it happens, you're all tight, you know? So it was, it was kind of like that with my, how I started the company, meaning that I didn't know really what to expect. So I was just knocking on doors and, 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 and going in, but here's where there's a couple of funny things that happen as far as how I grew the company. Number one, I was always dressed to a T and, you know, my hair done, you know, completely heels and so forth. And, um, most of the HR human resource people are women and they would just have this mm -hmm kind of look all the time. <laughs> and, um, and I was always, you know, trying to be nice and trying to be nice. And, um, what happened one time I had an appointment to meet an HR. It was actually Zachary in San Antonio. And I was running behind because I was, I was, a health fair at the time. So I was in my scrubs. So I didn't have time to change. So I showed up in my blue scrubs. This is, these are a couple of things I noticed from that point on. Number one, the minute I walked into the company, they didn't ask for my ID. They didn't ask for anything. They just saw this woman in a blue scrubs and they just said, Oh, come on. They were nice. I was cute all of a sudden because I was in my tennis shoes and scrubs, my hair up in the ponytail, no makeup. <laughs> and I thought, why am I dressing up? So from that point on, I just stayed in my scrubs and <laughs> went everywhere in my scrubs. <laughs> they, and completely was a different, uh, 
I guess, introduction as mm-hmm. far as how they conveyed me. So it was nice. And then the other one was when the, where my company actually grew or just like tripled was when, um, I was doing a health fair for a company and she says, you should really belong to this organization called Sarma. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that? She goes, it's the Center New Human Resource Management Association. She goes, you want to go to a luncheon? I said, yeah, I want to go to a luncheon. Oh, we say yes. So um, <laughs> I went to the luncheon and it happened to be election day. They were looking for nominees for the election for the next year's board. And so I walked up to the president and I said, how do I get on, get my name on there? And she was like, are you a member? I said, well, I will be today. <laughs> so and she, she goes, well, okay, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, well, what do you need? And she goes, well, nobody has signed up for the VP or PR. Perfect. I said, that's what I want to do. And so I was the only one that put my name down for it. So of course I got it. And um, then the lady that invited me, she looked at me like I was crazy and said, what are you doing? I said, it will take me years to get to know these people. I go, but I get five minutes every meeting to stand in front of all of them. So I may not know them, but they're going to know me. (laughs) And that's how I grew my business. That is a natural position for you. Like that's your superpower. How perfect was that? It was awesome. (laughs) Uh, That is awesome. So uh, they started realizing what I do for um, business-wise, and they started calling me to take care of their employees. That's a great story. Now, rolling back, have you always lived in Texas? Are you from here? Mm -hmm. Corpus Christi, and then moved uh, to San Antonio when I was about 18, and been there until I met Jay, where he moves me all over the place. (laughs) Now, you guys are up in the Houston area now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Spawn Hospital baby myself. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The, there we are. Uh, our very first interview was with John Raimondo, who is also Spawn Hospital alumni. So wow. there we go. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I mean, yeah. they've updated the hospital. I didn't even recognize it last time I drove by. Yeah, I, I think I was born in a uh, trailer out back. I think it was a <laughs> section of Spawn. They were they were doing something yeah. to the hospital when I was born. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you're from Corpus. I am. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I was born there. We moved from Corpus when I was in the third grade. They moved us to Coronado Island in San Diego, California. So we lived in the Chula Vista area for about a year or two. And then they transferred them back uh, to Texas. And we ended up at Randolph Air Force Base. Got it. So what got you into the fitness industry? Well, um, I've always been in fitness in one way or another, as far as like, you know, I was in, in, in school. And then of course, when I, uh, I went, I, I'm sure Jay mentioned to you that I went through a stage of, um, anorexia as a teenager. And so uh, I started around the age of 14 or so, and I was a very smart kid. So I think my teen years are pretty much ended at 13 because I was already in college at 16. So um, when I was anorexic, it was 14. And then it progressively got worse as I was getting older. So around the same time, I'm graduating from school at 16. I'm living on my own at 16. I'm, uh, you know, being responsible. And I was also had a boyfriend at the time that 
since 14 all the way to around 17. And so I ended up pretty much dwindling down to, by the age of 17, I was uh, 52 pounds. And uh, uh, pretty much, I mean, my hair was falling out, circles under my eyes. You would not recognize me. Sunken face. You could count every rib without even sucking it in. And um, I actually blacked out when I was going to work and found myself in the hospital mm-hmm. with a mask, you know, the air mask on me. And uh, there was a nurse, a big heavy set nurse looking over me. And she kept saying the same thing over and over again. And I was looking up at her like, what are you saying? And, and I didn't know where I was. I was so confused. And she goes, did you know you were pregnant? And so at 17 and 52 pounds, living on my own, going to school, working a job to make ends meet, longtime boyfriend. And I, my, and my periods had stopped a year prior because of my condition. So I had no idea. And uh, I was four months along and had lost it. So oh, no. uh, I was really shocked and confused and guilt-ridden. And so I remember... The next day, waking up in my own bed, I still don't even know how I got there. Um, I needed to go to the restroom, and I, I was holding on to the wall because I was just so weak and trying to make my way to the restroom. And and I flicked on the light, and I, I saw an image or something there, and it scared me. And I looked over, and I didn't recognize myself in the mirror, and it was me. And I just looked at it and started crying. And, and that was a moment of... Uh, you know, forgiveness and moment of, of, uh, a lot of things, you know, cause I was, I was, I didn't know my dad. So that was a lot to do with what, what I was going through. And so, um, I had to just let it go at that moment. And there was a moment also where I literally heard God tell me, put it in my hands and I'll take care of it, but you need to let it go. And I did. And so that was a moment where I forced myself to, go to places where um, the hospitals had a place for children that had um, image issues. So I would go and speak to them and tell the story over and over again. Because the more I told it, the the less it hurt and the less I was was able to let go and move move forward. And so uh, that was part of my personal recovery. It took me quite a while to, to put on the weight because at that stage your body's pretty much shutting down. So like if I ate something, it it would just, it would just throw up automatically without even trying. Um, So I had to eat little bits throughout the day until I was able to eat a a full meal. And um, then from then um, I became interested in being healthy and, and working out. And that's where the path went into teaching classes in San Antonio for racquetball and fitness. So I'd like to ask a little more about that if I can. So anorexia, that happened at a very early stage in your life. Do you know what, what that onset moment was? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it rooted toward, uh, with my father because um, I only had met him at that point about three times in my life. And um, at 13, I started asking more questions to my mother and she got frustrated with me. And I, and I know she didn't mean to say this the way she said it, but she came to a point where she didn't have anything to say. So she said, Lenore, he doesn't want to know you as far as he's concerned. You don't exist. 
And so that's played over and over and over in my head. Um, nor you don't exist. And so in my head as a child, I'm thinking the less I am, the more I exist. I was looking for that affirmation from him. And so um, I just shut down. And, and then when it came to a point somewhere along that, that time frame where, where I was on my own by that point, but it was noticeable so drastically to the point that my mother came from San Antonio down and was telling my godmother, like, if, if she doesn't start eating, then I'm going to, I'm going to put her in the hospital and she's not going to be able to do anything about it because she's not, she's underage. And so, um, anytime I was around them, I would, you know, mix my food, <laughs> just play with my food a while and I would eat. And then it, it turned from anorexia to bulimia because I was eating, but then getting rid of it, um, to the point where so vigorously, I would spend a long time in there. And to this day, I'm 53 years old and I was 17 at the time. So there's a scar right here on my hand from my upper teeth uh, rubbing from throwing up so vigorously. And and so I still have a scar to this day. What do you think every time you see that scar? Because it's certainly a reminder. I've, I actually wanted to put a tattoo on it, but I it's pretty much a tattoo by itself. Mm-hmm. But um, what's well, a reminder of where I've been and... Uh, it's so when I'm helping other women with their issues and um, their weight loss or their body image issues, um, there's there's things that is mind blowing to me. Like there's one particular lady who um, who she had scars on her stomach from you know stretch marks from giving birth. And when she st- did my nine week fit challenge, she was just like didn't want to put her pictures on show her pictures and she was because of that that and I, I and I looked at those pictures and I said I find that to be the most beautiful thing about you because I see that and I see you gave life and that is the most beautiful thing to me because I wish I was able to do that because I've not never been able to to give birth to anybody because of what I've been through and I said so to me that is beautiful and it changed her perspective because she didn't see it that way and from my eyes, I saw the total opposite. So when I see a scar like mine, that's a, that's a story. You know, that's that's a fantastic testimony, and I love that story. And her point, too, I mean, we live in a world today where image is everything. Through social media, it's all about what you look like, what you're wearing, who you're wearing. And now with AI getting involved in the mix, we're seeing Instagram profiles and <laughs> yes. uh, LinkedIn profiles of, the, of, of people who aren't even real, but they're perfect, you know. And so now not only are we competing with ourselves and we're competing with others, but now we're competing with things that aren't even real, which I think that's synonymous because nothing really is real. It's all yeah. the mask that that people wear out there. Are you still providing advocacy towards people with anorexia and bulimia? Uh, well, through my nine-week fit challenge, I do because um, I started about ten years ago doing a nine-week fit challenge. That nine-week fit challenge started because when I became an IFBB pro, there was people that would reach out to me saying, "I really want to know what it's like to go through what you go through to do what you do." And so the nine week fit challenge is doing nine weeks up to stage date. They do everything I do. They eat what I eat. They do the workouts I do. They're given tips and, you know, all the information, everything that I go through, they're going through it on their level. So, I mean, I, I may pick up heavier weight and so on and so forth, but they're going through everything I go through 
the nine weeks up to stage date. That's amazing. And you look amazing, by the way. I've, I was looking oh, at some of your recent pictures uh, and, and gosh, you, you are awesome. Now, how long was your actual recovery process? Did that take years and years? And mm-hmm. what what all was involved? Did you see therapists? And- I actually did not uh, see a therapist. It was that moment in front of the mirror that I literally heard God tell me to put it in his hands and, and he'll take care of it in his time. And he did. I mean, he told me that your dad will come around but give it to me. It took 20 years, but he uh, he did. My, my father called me at the age of 37 without any help from me. And he gave me the acknowledgement and told me, you are my daughter. Wow. I just have to take that in for a sec. That's, that's really strong. And it's all in God's time. And so God's really the only therapist you needed. Yeah. When he says, put it in his hands... You don't ask questions, right? You no. drop it and you go. Exactly. That's that's fantastic. And so now let's get to some fun stuff. So <laughs> you're you are an IFBB pro. That what an accomplishment. When did that journey start for you and why did you decide that's what you wanted to be? Well, I didn't know I wanted to be that, but um at age 36 or 37, somewhere around there. Um, I went through a divorce and I sat down and I wrote down all the things I wanted to do. And uh, I did them. And so I scratched them off one by one. And one of them was to do one show. And the reason I wanted to do one show was not necessarily because of me wanting to do one show was because for so many years, people would say, do you do competitions or, oh, you should do competitions. And I didn't know what they were. So I said, I'm going to do one figure show. And that led to another one and another one and another one. And next thing you know, I did a little bit of figures. I did a little bit of bikini and then I was building too much muscle. So my coach said, I'm going to put you in women's physique. And I said, no. And the only (laughs) reason I didn't want to do women's physique was because I didn't want to be barefoot because I I like the little heels that they put you in. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, uh, and he goes, I go, I'm already short. I want to be tall. (laughs) So, uh, I, so we compromised and I said, okay, I'll do the show. It was in San Antonio. I go, I'll do the show. I go, but I want to do all three. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he he goes, all right, whatever. Uh, So I ended up getting fifth place in bikini, second in figures. And then I won women's physique. Wow. And so, uh, the president of the judges, he was the head of Texas, South Texas. He got up off his chair and went backstage and they said, Lenore, he's, uh, the president's looking for you. And I thought I was in trouble. And he came up to me and he said, stick with women's physique. You're going to become pro. And one year later, I was in Tampa, Florida to get my pro card or try to get my pro card. And I'm, I'm walking around um, on the outside part of the convention and I ran into the president of South Texas and he looked at me and I looked at him. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here to get my pro card. So he sat up front and watched me get it. Oh, the power of the mind. You you are a really strong person, not just physically, because I can see that, but mentally. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. For, for someone starting ground level, what does the journey look like to get an IFBB pro card? It is not an easy one. No, it's not. And um, 
a lot of people think it is, and it's it's not at all. Uh, let me give you a, an example of how hard it is. Um, a, a friend of mine that is from Muscle Factory, Scott a Trout, you probably know him. He wanted to be a bo- an IFBB body bodybuilder, IFBB pro bodybuilder. So he twenty plus years he would go try to get his pro card, never got it, and of course it came out with Classic, uh, the Classic division. And uh, he didn't want to go into that one, but people were like, that is your body figure. And so he finally um, decided, okay, I'm going to do classic, the classic division. And he became pro. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but it's hard because you have to have the right symmetry. Now, is there an IFBB dad bod division? If so, I'm I am in on that one. I will get that pro card. <laughs> no, not at all. Hmm, maybe we should create one. We, we need fairness. We will never believe it. It's, it's already bad with bikinis. There's so many of them. <laughs> Very nice. And so, being an IFBB pro, what what does that consist of? You know, I already had built relationships because of my company. So, you know, GNC was already going to my health fairs and a part of stuff that I did. So um, they they came to me and said that they wanted to sponsor me. So that was really nice of them to to um, automatically come into that play. So, you know, things that are taken care of financially and also my supplements are, are taken care of. And uh, that was a good aspect of it. And then there's, you know, other perks because people open doors for you when like when I call companies um to provide uh for the nine week fit challenges one of the things that they do is every Saturday we go on a field trip and the field trip consists of you know the company allowing us to go in there and uh, use their services for free and and they tell us about their services and so typically companies don't do that, but when they know who I am, they seem to like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, what do you need? I'm like, okay. So they, they give free massages, free stretching, free yoga classes. That is a lot of fun. Yeah. I want, so. I want a massage and a yoga class. I'm, I'm going to have to jump in on the next field trip. I'll sneak in. I'll sneak in. I'll be the driver of the bus. So now I want to hear all about the Olympia and your road to get there. Probably about three years ago, they announced that there was going to be a Masters Olympia. And um, I already had been every year for the past five years. I would only do one show a year and I would win across the board on all the divisions. But I would only stick to one show a year because I was married and I used to do a lot more than that. But now I, now that I was a J, I just I just stick to one. But then in 2022, knowing that Olympia was going to be the next year, I told uh, Jay, I want to do at least three shows. And I handpicked my shows because I wanted to, to be with three different organizations, um, which meant that there was basically five, five, 15 eyes looking on me instead of just five. And um, I swept the entire show at every single one of them. Wow. In, every, in every division. So I was one of 20 out of over 400 that got picked to uh, do the first Olympia that they came, brought back for the Masters. Wow. And where was that held at? It was held in Romania. And then um, I worked so hard 
and did three shows back to back. And then of course get hurt <laughs> as soon as the shows are over, it just fell apart. And, uh, I didn't know if I was even going to get selected because um, they didn't announce until April, but I was already having shoulder issues at that point. And then I just pretty much did cortisol shots just to get through, but I was not able to lift uh, the weights that I, I had prior did. So I was just lucky and happy to get there. So I didn't get the call out, which is totally cool. I got there. And then uh, when I went to Pittsburgh, I got fourth place. Um uh, for that one, which I had won every single year prior. Um, but you know, can't always walk away with the popsicle. <laughs> well, well, just being able to be selected for the Olympia is huge, right? Yes, because that that's like the Super yeah. Bowl of bodybuilding. Absolutely. It's like, you know, just to go to the Super Bowl is one thing. Um, so that, that was a, that was a, it was a very good, a very nice honor. So I'm very, that's something I could scratch off. It wasn't on my list of to-dos, but now I could add it. But I mean, I, I did, I've done everything that I've put on my, my to-do list. And at this point, I would have to come up with another to-do list. Keep going. And I want to yeah. see it too, because yeah. you are motivating me. That's super strong. Everything that I'm hearing coming from where you came from and just overcoming the adversity that you've overcome to just be where you're at today. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I, uh, I wrote silly stuff on the to-do list. I wrote things like, I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine. I'm going to be on a billboard. I'm going to be, and I did them all. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't realize or remember that I, I had my own radio show at one point. I remember. So I was able to scratch that off because they, they did a billboard. I was like, yeah, I was wondering how I was going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's amazing. And now with everything going on in your life, uh, successful business, you're an IFBB pro, you have your nine week challenge. Hey, there are just a ton of things that you're into. How do you find balance and find time for yourself? Oh, I love my life. I, I mean, I, I created my world just to, to have it exactly the way I want because, you know, my, my business primarily is in San Antonio and I have a great staff that have been with me for over 15 years. And um, as an employer, I really believe in paying your employees well. I'm not a babysitter because if I need to babysit you, then I really don't need you. I rather do it myself. So I pay my employees well. I, they take care of the business and I take care of them. Um, so I don't have to micromanage that part of my life. And it allows me to, um, you know, work from home, uh, do things off a computer or off a phone. and. Um, work out whenever I want to <laughs> travel where I want to and be available to Jay. <laughs> That's that is perfect. Now, how do you define purpose in your life? Being able to do everything that you want to do uh, and being able to also um, bring somebody up at the, in the same time, meaning that if my life and what I'm doing is, is helping somebody else, that's a plus. So that's a nice purpose to have and still being able to enjoy it. So in other words, you're helping Jay out. Thank you for that. He's a good guy. He deserves it. <laughs> um, just... People in general. People in general, as far as like with their weight or image issues. And, and this next question, I think I know the answer to. However, I, I'll ask it. Uh, what led you to discover your purpose? And how did you know it was the right path for you? Well, that goes back to being anorexia. So um, noticing that when I would speak 
when I would speak to uh, the children with self-image issues, um, I was not only helping them, I was helping myself uh, in the process. And so the more I spoke about it, the easier it was to um, move forward. That's awesome. And I've, I've found in life that the more we learn, the more we teach, the more we teach, the more we learn. Right. And it's, true. Very it's, true. it's by not only receiving the information, but also repeating the information that we actually learn how to adapt and learn from it and grow from it. So that's perfect. Now, Absolutely. In, in today's fast paced world, uh, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. There's a lot of noise going on. There's so much distortion that it's kind of hard to focus. How do you stay grounded and connected with your purpose of helping others and serving others? Jay has access, a lot of people don't know this, but Jay has access to my social media. So it's really funny when he sees messages go to my message box and so forth. He's like, so-and-so really likes you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I crack up because I, I, when he, we first when we first got the sites or the social media, uh, he would actually respond and be the one answering them. But now we don't even answer because we notice that that just, you know, it just keeps pestering or keeps, they keep wanting more information. So, um, but um, there's times that on social media, there's, especially on Facebook, social media, on my IFBB Pro, there's uh, people that are not nice, so nice and are saying things like, oh, that's not pretty or that's ugly. But I don't, I'm not defined by anybody's words. I'm not defined by anybody's thoughts of me. I'm not defined by anything other than, you know, God and myself. And so I, I'm pretty grounded just in that alone. That keeps me very grounded. And oh my gosh, you've completed everything you said you were going to do. I just, I mean, I just keep looking back at your story and where you came from and those words that you don't exist to just being awesome you know? Yeah. And so it's really, yeah. it's, it's pumping me up. My heart rate's going, I think my veins are sticking out of my arm. <laughs> I have a dad bod, so you can't quite see them, but it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. How could you be distracted by that? Now, what legacy do you hope to leave behind through your purpose and, and through the people you serve? From time to time, I get letters uh, from people or texts or an email and, um, They'll say, you know, I want to thank you because you helped me, whatever it was. And I just hope that my footprint touched every single person that I talked to. That's perfect. That's awesome. And so there are many people that are struggling right now, whether it be with depression or anorexia, just struggling in general to find meaning and purpose in their life. What's some advice that you would give to someone right now who is struggling to find their purpose? Share your story, number one. And number two, through sharing your story, um, you, you help other people and helping other people, you end up helping yourself. Awesome. So I want to hear about the book that you wrote. It's called Mission of Leaders. Yes, I was asked to be a part of a, a book called Mission of Leaders. They, uh, they, they basically interviewed over 60 CEOs and um, people that own companies and asked them uh, what made them who they are today. And I told them it was the word yes. You say yes to everything because you'll find your, you'll find your purpose on the way down. That's great. I'm going to say yes to everything from now on. Wait, I better, I better watch that. I'm going to get some weird comments and, and yeah. emails after this. I've got some ideas already. So. 
Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> well, you either learn something or you learn something not to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's something that uh, a lot of people don't understand is that there's always a lesson in failure, right? Absolutely. But being able to say yes, as long as it isn't anything that's going to compromise your integrity, Right. Uh, Then, then I'm, I'm the same way. I say yes to just about everything, even to this podcast. People always ask, well, why haven't, why haven't you started yet? I'm like, I don't know. And so I just went and here we are. And I, and I dated and I dedicated the book to Jay and I said he was the best yes I ever did. Oh, that is great. Did you catch that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Perfect. And now if someone wanted to get to know more about you, uh, your nine week challenge or even your business to bring you in and and let's get some healthy employees, how can they contact you or what's a good website they can go to? They could go to www.kmmtx.com and they they pretty much find me there for everything, including my services as an IFBB pro because I connect them all together. But um, if they wanted to contact me through um, social media, it's Instagram, which is Lenore and then uh, dash IFBB pro. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I really think we should look into the dad bod division. Absolutely. <laughs> so put your, put your vote in because I will win all the way through. Sounds good. I'll, I'll make sure I, I, I'll ask Jay to, you know, join you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give you some comp- competition. You know, that would be kind of fun if uh, you put Jay and I through like a six week challenge and we broadcast it on the Balanced Purpose podcast. When he was dating me, he he went through my program. He lost 35 pounds. Wow. Gosh. And uh, now he will, he refuses to do my program. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe he just needs someone to go through it with him. He already caught me, so he doesn't need to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I was at church this weekend and the, uh, Pastor Larry said something like that. He's like, I don't care what I look like. I've already got my wife. Yeah. Gosh. Well, it's been great having you here today. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for asking me. Balanced Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Goltney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancedpurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancedpurposepodcast. Remember, finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination. And it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.